Well, in our gospel story today, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on this mountain to pray, and he's transfigured before them. In our gospel story today, Jesus does an amazing thing. He gives his disciples a glimpse of his divinity. Jesus wants to take you and I up that same mountain today in our experience of prayer. I want to use the gospel story of the transfiguration to talk about our life of prayer and to use that ascent up the mountain as kind of an image for us of what we do when we pray. Well, before we pray, there's always an intention. We always begin with an intention to pray. And that intention is a prompting of the Holy Spirit that there's something that we should pray for. We should take this time away and spend it with the Lord in prayer. And as we do that, we want to step away from the world as much as we can and enter into this beautiful union with our Lord. So how do we begin? What's the process? Well, like anything important that we do in life, there is some preparation involved with prayer. We need to be thinking about where we want to pray. If you're doing this in your home, is there a particular room or a particular place in your home that's a good place for you to pray? What time of day are we going to pray? Some of us are morning people. Some of us are evening people. It's helpful to think about how your own internal clock works and what's a, what's a good time for you to pray. And then we want to think about eliminating, to the extent that we can, any noise or distractions, any interruptions that are going to cause us to have a difficult time with our prayer time. Secondly, we want to think of things that aid us in prayer. I have a little room in my home where I have some religious pictures and icons, and I always light a candle when I pray. Uh, some people like to have incense. Certainly, we might want to have scripture available to us and maybe some uh, spiritual reading. Those things are all things that can help us in our prayer experience. We know from scripture that Jesus often went to the mountaintop to pray. It was a quiet place away from the distractions of the crowds and the world. And he had these beautiful, intimate conversations with his father on that mountaintop. As we prepare to ascend that mountain in prayer, we want to travel light for this journey. To the extent that we can, we want to leave the worldly cares, distractions, things that might be um, on our minds, leave those at the foot of the mountain. So as we go up to pray, we can travel very lightly, carrying only what we need. Well, like Peter, James, and John, we make this ascent up the mountain to pray, and we arrive at the top of the mountain to spend this time with the Lord in prayer. Prayer takes us into another reality, and there's an effort on our part to still ourselves, to quiet our minds, and to open our hearts so that the Lord can speak to us in this time of prayer. And as we reach our ascent on this mountain, this mystical mountain of prayer, we want to come with great humility. St. Teresa of Avila, one of the doctors of the church, said this, the whole edifice of prayer is founded on humility, on the conviction that of ourselves we can do nothing, and it is God and God alone who can do good in our souls. That should take a little bit of the pressure off of us when we go to pray. God is at work in our hearts and in our souls as we come to prayer. 
Prayer is hard work for most of us. It requires persistence, dedication, and this deep humility that we talked about. But we can be assured that every time we come to prayer, God meets us there and hears and answers our prayers. Well, once we've settled ourselves on the mountain, kind of quieted ourselves, we enter into this experience of prayer with the Lord. And we read in our gospel story today that Jesus was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. And they got a glimpse of his divinity. And this happened while Jesus was praying to the Father. It was something that happened during prayer. The word transfiguration means a change in form or appearance. Jesus wants to bring us closer and closer to him through our time of prayer. As we come closer to the Lord in prayer, as we worship before his Eucharistic presence, we become transfigured by his love. And we begin to look more and more like the one to whom we pray. It's a very beautiful thing that happens to us. We read in our second reading today, he will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body by the power that enables him also to bring all things into subjection to himself. We should approach our experience of prayer with the faith of Abraham in our first reading today. Abraham is a beautiful model for us of a heart that was so open to God's working in his life. And God made these beautiful promises to Abraham, as we heard in our first reading. And God was faithful to Abraham, and he will be faithful to us as well. At every Mass, we witness a miracle on this altar. We witness the miracle of the transubstantiation as the elements of bread and wine are placed on the altar and the Holy Spirit comes powerfully in that prayer of the priest and changes those elements into the very body and blood of Christ. As you and I partake of the Eucharist, there is a transubstantiation of our hearts as well. As we grow in holiness and in our desire to become what we receive, we become what is called in Latin an alter Christus. That means another Christ. We become another Christ in the world. Sometimes in prayer we might be like the disciples who are overcome with sleep. This is like the distractions and the temptations we sometimes experience when we pray. This is a common thing and should not ever discourage us in our prayer. If every time you kneel down to pray, you're distracted, you're not alone. All the saints have experienced the same thing. Every person who has ever prayed has experienced moments of dryness in prayer as well as distractions and temptations. When these distractions come, it's very important for us to take a moment, stop, and discern whether those distractions should come into our prayer with us, is it something we should bring to the Lord in prayer, or is it something we should ask God to help us to put aside? And we'll come back to that later after our time of prayer. God will help us to discern that if we ask him. The disciples had no idea when they ascended that mountain what Jesus had planned for them. 
And neither do we when we come to prayer. The more we're able to quiet ourselves and enter into the time of prayer, the more we're able to hear the one who calls us to prayer speaking in our hearts. Well, after seeing the transfigured Christ along with Moses and Elijah, the disciples witnessed the glory of God, a beautiful, amazing consolation. And the Lord gives us these consolations along the way as well in our life of prayer. And as a final consolation on that mountain, the disciples witness the appearance of the cloud and the Father's voice saying, this is my chosen son. Listen to him. The Father's voice in our gospel story today reminds us that it is Jesus whom we meet in prayer, and it is his voice that we want to listen to. Well, after our experience of prayer, whatever it was for us, we descend back down that mountain, back to our regular earthly lives again. And we may feel peaceful and full of joy from our prayer experience, or we may come down from that mountain feeling a little bit tired or weary, Whatever those feelings might be, feelings are not necessarily a good barometer for us of whether that prayer experience was fruitful. God hears and answers all of our prayers, and he's pleased with us every time we make the effort to come to him in prayer. We want to make sure that we bring the events of our day to prayer at some point during the day. Bring all the things that were positive, difficult, challenging, as well as blessings, we want to bring all of those things to the Lord and always be grateful for all that he gives us. Jesus said in Scripture, let the little children come to me. There are some children here this morning and some children who went out the door and will come back to us in just a little bit. But I want to encourage parents of young children to develop this prayer life with your children. Begin to instill in them this life of prayer. Things like saying grace at the table, bedtime prayer, a little blessing for the children before they go to sleep at night, or maybe even a family Bible story or a decade of the rosary shared together. These are all beautiful ways that we teach our children to begin to pray. For the young adults, and I'm calling young adults anybody who's about half my age, okay? Uh, Young adults oftentimes are wrestling with difficult decisions in their lives. Young adults are often working at a very fast pace in life, and sometimes it might feel difficult to find that time to pray. Life is very busy. In our scripture, We read that Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus is always waiting for us. And even if life is busy and it seems like it's almost impossible to find a few minutes, I pray that you will find that time each day just to spend with the Lord. Bring those decisions of your life to the Lord in prayer. Let God guide those decisions and God will answer those prayers. As adults, the rest of us, whether we're married or single or widowed or religious, we have a special calling as we grow in maturity of life to be intercessors in the world. God calls us to a very special kind of prayer that opens us a little bit more to the needs of the world, to the church throughout the world, and to the things that are happening all around us, to the ways in which we can intercede for 
the needs of the world, a very special calling as we grow in maturity of age. My brothers and sisters, as we continue on our Lenten journey, let us renew our commitment to spending time with the Lord in prayer. It's in prayer where we meet the Lord and he meets us, and we ascend to this place where our hearts are transfigured by his love. Amen.